the text that calls for our attention on this Lord's Day comes to us from our gospel reading from Luke chapter 7, and especially these words, Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you even imagine the scene? A man has died. He is being carried out of the house into open public. Jesus comes up right to that man and touches the bier upon which he rests. Jesus speaks, and that man sits up immediately and begins to talk. Our text says that the people around that day were seized with fear. And I would think so. A man lying dead sits up and begins talking. Yes, indeed, fear and amazement must have been all and around. How that widow, who had lost both her husband and her son, must have felt after receiving her son back from the dead. Yes, that fear and amazement must have been written all over her face. Her eyes, which had cried many tears of grief, now flowed again, surely, with tears of joy. The people that witnessed all of this, after they got over that immediate shock, began to wonder how it was possible, how what had happened could have happened be honest, in our text, they come up with some pretty good suggestions. Some say a great prophet is Jesus. After all, they knew the story of Elijah that we heard in our Old Testament reading for today. They had heard that story about how Elijah had taken that young man in his arms, and then stretched himself out upon him and cried out to God, that he might live. They had heard how he did live again and how Elijah got to restore that son to his mother. But you know what Jesus had done really went even a step beyond what Elijah had done. For Elijah cried out to God that God might raise up that man from the dead. Jesus, he simply walked up and commanded the man to rise. You see, he is the one who has the power to do such things within himself. And that's why the other suggestion that the people made that day perhaps was even the better of the two that they came up with. The others said, God has visited his people. Indeed, he had. For only God in the flesh could walk up and tell someone that was dead to rise, and they would. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And it's what God does in general. He visits death and brings life. In the original language that this story was recorded in, that word that we have translated as visited in English speaks about coming up so close to something that there's no doubt 
what is going on. It's actually in that word that we get our English word skeptic. It's coming close enough so that you don't have to wonder what's going on or rely upon someone else to tell you what's going on, but that you came and you saw it directly. And that's what Jesus did that day. He got close enough that there was no doubt in his mind that that man who was being carried out that day was dead. And yet, Jesus was not just drawing close in order that he might confirm that death. He was not there to simply pronounce the man dead, but instead to command the man back alive. And that's exactly what he did. And have no doubt about this. One day, what happened to that man will happen to you. On that last day, Jesus will visit the place where you are resting in death. He will touch that vessel that was crafted to hold your dead body. And then he will raise you up to life. That's the absolute assurance that Jesus gives you again this day, based on what he did on Good Friday and on Easter Sunday. Although I suppose most of you today are not only concerned with what might happen to you on that last day, but what happens to you day to day in your life right now? You want to know how does Jesus react to the morbid realities that are around you each day? For indeed, long before most of us touched physical death itself, we experience all sorts of things that might be called little deaths. For where sin is, there death follows. And sin is everywhere in this world. Well, here's what you should know about Jesus and how he interacts with us in our daily life. Jesus visits his people. He comes right up close, right where death is there standing us, staring us rather in the face. His, when sin has done its worst and the results of sin are the most evident he comes close, and he does not come simply to say, yes, everything is really dead here. No, instead he comes close precisely in order that he might bring life. You know, in one sense, we might say that even today, Jesus does not rely on what others tell him. But he comes right close to see it for himself. He wants to see what is really going on. And so he comes close into your strained marriage. He comes close where the tears are running down your face. He comes close enough to know that sin and its companion death are all around. He doesn't, again, do this simply to confirm that in our lives is difficulty and death. He comes to bring life. He comes to heal relationships. He comes to comfort those who are mourning. He comes to forgive the sinner. The worst thing we could possibly do 
is try to act as if sin and death are not lingering around in our lives and homes. No, instead we must carry that truth right out into the public. For when we do, Jesus heals. He visits and he heals. So how is it that we're to bring this stuff out into the open? Are we to post it on Facebook so that the whole world can see? Are we to talk about it everywhere we go, hoping that somebody might eventually care? Well, at least first and foremost, neither of those approaches is the right one. We bring sin out into the open by confessing it to God. We admit how we have let sin run rampant in our lives and how its consequence death has come upon us. We join in that long-standing chorus of God's people who cry out time and time again, Lord, have mercy. We don't foolishly try to hide from God what is going on in our lives. So today I ask you, where is the sin and death in your life? What are those things that you mourn when you lay down on your bed at night or when you finally have a quiet moment in your home? What's the truth that may be lingering behind a smile on your face that is disguising the hurts of your heart? For while you might be hiding it from others, it is not hidden from God. So bring it out into the open. Confess with all God's people that we indeed are a collection of poor and miserable sinners. For today, here in this place, God comes and he visits his people. As we carry our sin and death right out into the open, he comes right up close. He comes right into the heart of our daily lives and sees how morbid things have gotten. Know this again, he doesn't come just to make you despair over the state of your life. He comes to heal it. He comes to raise you up into new life. Yes, he comes to visit you with his salvation. Today he brings you again the blessings of his cross and tomb. He brings you forgiveness, life, and salvation. And that is exactly what you need. So come forward. Come forward to the altar of God. Bring every last bit of sin and death lurking around in your life. For Jesus intends to touch that vessel that holds your death. He intends to touch your very sinful flesh with his own body and blood. And in that way, to raise you up. That is what he did for that son of the widow of Nain on the day recorded in our text. It's what he's promised that he will do for each one who believes on the last day. And it's what he does for you here today as well. You know, police officers, when they're at a scene where death has occurred, often will utter a phrase to those who are just passing by with curious eyes, they'll say, keep moving, nothing to see here. 
Well, you know, in order to save our own reputations and make us feel like we're still in control of everything in our lives, we often want to say the same as well. Move along. Nothing to see here. And that might be fine if the people walking by are simply curious onlookers. But if the man who raised up the son of the widow of Nain walks by, surely we must not say this. If the one who raised up the very people in this world who had been dead walks by, surely those words will not do. If the one who is the resurrection and the life wants to come and visit, well, then we can't say there's nothing to see here. For when it comes to sin and to death, there's plenty to see. There's plenty to see in all of our lives. Thanks be to Jesus that he comes close enough to see it and then he puts it away. Thanks be to God that he visits his people and brings life. Thanks be to him that he will do it on the last day. And thanks be to him that he will do it today as well. Amen.